and it is verses 4 through 5, 4 and 5. This is the message translation. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live to fight our battles that way. Never have, never will. I'm skipping down. We use our powerful God tools. That's what this conference is about, learning how to use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers that are erected against the truth of God, fighting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. It's taking every thought captive. So that is our anchor verse during the conference. So let me start us out with prayer, and then we're going to jump into worship, and then see where God takes us tonight. Pray with me. Father, we come into you in the name of Jesus, thanking you for who you are, thanking you for your word. I thank you for the beautiful women that are in this place, Father. I thank you for the ones that are watching. I thank you for the Lord's church allowing us to be here. But above all, Father, we thank you for you. Each person that's here tonight, Father, knows you, but I ask that you take us deeper into the things of you. Father, I thank you that you meet us where we are and you love us up because that's the kind of God that you are. So we're coming to you tonight with an expectation of you doing what you do best, and that's loving, pouring your love out onto your daughters in the name of Jesus. If you agree with the words that I've spoken, say amen. 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 Now at this point, I'll turn it over to Melissa and Thomas. Amen. Sorry, I'm getting used to this thing. It's, um, I've not done this before with the, the little thing. So, we're <laughs> uh, the first song, um, because I want it to be a little faster, and the only instrument we have is a keyboard. Um, my other son, I have four sons. They're all very musical, play instruments. I do not. Uh, Thomas plays keyboard, and he's amazing. He also plays drums, but he can't do them both at the same time. So the first song is a track. So that's why I've got this, and I'm trying to uh, get it in my ear. But anyway, if you're ready, stand up on your feet. We are going to praise God. Amen? Amen. All right, Father God, we just praise you, we worship you, God. We just thank you, Lord. We come into your presence, and we set everything aside, and we just focus on you, Lord. No matter what's been going on this week, Father, we know that you have us here for such a time as this, that you have ordained our steps to be here, that you have something special for each one of us tonight, Father. And we just thank you, we praise you, God, and we are ready and we are open for it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Let's get our hands together. Amen. Talking about the joy. Jerry and Julie up here too. You turned it all around. Where I was hurting, now I'm rejoicing. In your love I found, and I have joy. Whoa. You took away my pain. You turned my morning into dancing. I can smile again, cause I have joy, whoa, let the celebration begin. 
in. Make a joyful noise unto him. Come on, everybody. Let's give him praise, for he is good. You have given me a joy that won't stop and will never leave. So I will praise you with gladness. For you are good. Amen. He's good. You took away my pain. You turned my morning into dancing. I can smile again because I have joy. Whoa. Let the celebration begin make a joyful noise unto him come on everybody let's give him praise for he is good you have given me a joy that won't stop and will never leave so i will praise you with gladness for you are good you Given me a joy that won't stop and will never leave. So I will praise you with gladness, for you are good. You turn my sadness into gladness. You turn my sorrow into joy. Now I'm singing and I'm dancing, and I will shout for joy. Turn my sadness into gladness. You turn my sorrow into joy. Now I'm singing and I'm dancing. And I will shout for joy. You turn my sadness into gladness. You turn my sorrow into joy. Now I'm singing and I'm dancing. And I will shout for joy one more time you turn my sadness into gladness you turn my sorrow into sweet sweet joy now i'm singing and i'm dancing and i will shout for joy you have given me a joy that won't stop and will never leave so i will Praise you with gladness, for you are good. You have given me a joy that won't stop and will never leave. So I will praise you with gladness, for you are good. You have given me a joy that won't stop and will never leave. I will praise you with gladness, for you are good. One more time. You have given me a joy that won't stop and will never leave. So I will praise you with gladness, for you are good. I counted wrong. That's okay. Lord, we just praise you. We worship you, God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we just thank you for your joy. Thank you for your joy. We just praise you. You have turned it all around. 
And we just praise your name. Just close your eyes. Lift your voice to him. Tell him how much you love him. Lord, you are such a good God. We just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. on one thing the same God who never fails will not fail me now you won't fail me now in the waiting same God who's never late is working all things out is working all things out yes I will lift you high in the lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I count on one thing. Same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. Is working all things out. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes. Yes, I will 
day let praises arise day and night night and day let praises arise day and night night and day let praises arise day and night night and day let praises arise day and night night and day You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. of it all You are worthy of it all For from you are all things and to you are all things You deserve the glory
be seated. Oh, beautiful worship. Beautiful. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. couple of things to cover before we jump in. There's a handout in front of each of you. I was impressed instead of putting scriptures on the screen to do a handout. So the scriptures, I want you to have them in your hands. So you won't see anything under the screen other than something beautiful, okay? So just know that you can follow along. They're in order that they're going to be taught and discussed, okay? There are also a couple of resources. And let me go on and put the disclaimer. This is the fine print at the bottom of the page. No monetary values coming to me. This is what I use that worked for me. So I'm going to share with you what works for me, okay? The resources are listed at the top of your page, okay? Oppression has to go. Scripture references. The first book that I used whenever I was fighting anxiety was this book right here. It's listed. It's Nancy Dufresne, Daily Healing Bread. It's a 60-day devotional. Every book that I use that is not the Holy Bible points me back to the Holy Bible, okay? This is one of those books. I highly recommend it, okay? The second book that I recommend, Prayer, Prayers That Avail Much. Again, this is listed on your handout. Prayers That Avail Much for Anxiety and Depression. Jermaine Copeland has written many books, Prayers That Avail Much, different topics. This one is only about anxiety and anxiety and depression. Just scriptures, testimonies, highly recommend it. Okay? Now let's jump in, now that we got all the fine print at the bottom of the page done. Some of you have heard pieces of this testimony before. Some of it will be new to you. If you've heard it before, extend grace. Extend grace. The day started out quiet, and then it wasn't. I had my quiet time. This was two years ago in 2021, in October of that year. I had my quiet time before the Lord. Got in my car to make my big seven-minute commute to the office. Okay? Thank you, Lord, for seven-minute commutes. I was at a traffic light. The light turned green. I pulled forward to turn left, and a gentleman read the ran the red light, never hit his brake, and T-boned me on the driver's side. So the day started out quiet, and then it wasn't. Okay? It was a pretty good, uh, significant hit. Again, the, men, the gentleman, it was an accident. He didn't run into me on purpose, but he still ran into me. Okay? It was a significant impact. Both the driver of the other vehicle and myself walked away from that accident, no injuries. Shouldn't have, but we did. That's what quiet time in the morning in Psalm 91 will do for you and also for the other person involved. After the accident was over and I got a ride back to the house to get my other car so I could go to the office, I took just a minute 
to just sit in a chair and kind of calm myself. I had just gotten T-boned by a car, okay? My car had gotten T-boned by a car, and I was in it. And so I sat there and just kind of, you know, is everything, you know, this kind of thing, you know, when something happens to you and you get jarred pretty good, just making sure everything's okay. And then I did what we all do. We do what we know, okay? We do what we know. So I prayed over my body. I laid hands on myself, and I put the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus to work, okay? So I did that for a bit, and then I was probably at my house maybe 20 or 30 minutes, and everything was fine. Peace was there, so I got in the car and went to work and started typing. Moved on with the day, okay? That's all there was to it. I didn't let that stop me from the day that God had planned for me, okay? During that accident, that car accident, um, I was also in the process, during that time period, I was also in the process of opening up a second office. I'm a small business owner, and God prospers that company. So I was in the process of opening a second office, and this particular office, the location of it, required that I travel on the interstate quite often, back and forth, to the remote location, back to what I call world headquarters. So I was burning up the interstate, back and forth. Even though there's seven people in the company, it's world headquarters. That's what we call it. And so I was driving back and forth on the interstate, and as I was driving one day, and usually when I'm driving, it's either quiet, I've got the radio off, and I'm talking to the Lord, I've got a teaching tape, or I've got worship. That's it. Those are usually my things that I'm doing when I'm in the car. Unless somebody's with me, then we're chit-chatting. And so I was driving on the interstate, and beautiful day, and I started noticing that there was a tightness in my chest, and it became difficult to breathe. So you do what you know. You lay hands on yourself, you're driving, you lay hands on yourself, and you start speaking the word. I thank you that I can breathe okay. Father, I thank you that the blood of Jesus is at work in my life, and, you, and it, symptoms went away. Driving again, symptoms came back. Tightness in my chest. Hard to breathe. Do what you know. Lay your hands on yourself while you're driving on the interstate. And you start pleading the blood and using the names. Symptoms left. Okay? This went on for a period of three weeks and some change. Closer to four weeks. Three to four weeks. I don't have the exact time frame, but that's close. So, during that three to four time, during that time period, the symptoms kept coming. Tightness in my chest. Difficult to breathe, except it became more free. You do what you know. I would lay hands on myself and those symptoms would leave. But then other things started happening in my life during that time. My thoughts started becoming scrambled, became very difficult for me to concentrate. And the Lord has blessed me with a sound mind. So me not being able to concentrate was new. Like, what is going on here in this head? What's going on in this noggin? I was losing sleep. I'm a sound sleeper. I can lay, I can sit, sit straight up and fall asleep. I mean, sleeping has never been a problem for me, but it became a problem for me during that period of time. This was progressively getting worse in my life. I was using the word, and it was leaving. Those symptoms would leave, but they would always come back. It all came to a head again about four weeks later. I was at my desk in my room having my quiet time with the Lord and my thoughts were so jumbled my brain was so unorganized that when I was reading the scriptures if I read 
verse 1 and move to verse 2, I couldn't hardly remember what verse 1 was. It was that intense of things that are going on in my mind. That's not the norm. Shouldn't be that way. So what's happening here? In my frustration, I just cried out to the Lord. I was sitting in my little chair, and I said, Lord, what is going on? What is this? Extreme frustration, just upset. And immediately in my spirit, the word anxiety came up. Immediately, the word anxiety. Whenever the Lord dropped that word in my spirit, all the pieces to the puzzle came together. I was having panic attacks. I'd heard about them. I knew people that had them, but I never experienced it. I thought something was wrong with my heart. I was contemplating calling a cardiologist. It wasn't. It was panic attacks. It was anxiety and panic attacks. Immediately after the Lord said the word anxiety, I felt in my spirit to turn to Psalm 91. And I read Psalm 91 over myself. Psalm 91 is not just a psalm of protection, it's also a psalm of deliverance. Okay? God's God of increase. That word, even though it is protection, He'll put something else on it and it will deliver somebody for another thing other than protection. Even though I needed protection from the car wreck, now I needed deliverance from anxiety that was in my life on the regular. Whenever I was laying hands on myself and praying for myself, I was praying for the symptoms not the root, not the root cause of what was going on. That's why it kept coming back. So th this evening, I'm going to speak Psalm 91 over you. I will pray this psalm over you, and I will make it personal for you. So you can look at it on your handout, but what I encourage you to do is to close your eyes and meditate on the Word of God that is going to be released over you in the name of Jesus. Because you dwell in the shelter of the Most High, you shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. These ladies will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will deliver you from the snare of the hunter and from the deadly pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall find protection. His faithfulness shall be your shield. His faithfulness shall be your wall. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrows that fly by day, nor of the pestilence that pursues in darkness nor of the destruction that strikes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is your refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Because of that, no evil shall befall you nor shall any plague come near your tent. For he has given his angels charge over you to guard you in all your ways. His angels shall bear you up in their hands, lest you strike your foot against a stone. 
you shall tread upon the lion and the adler, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample underfoot. Because you have set your love on the Lord, he will deliver you. He will deliver you. Hallelujah. He will set you on high because you know his name. You will call upon him, and he will answer you. He will be with you in trouble, and he will deliver you, and he will honor you. And with long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. Receive the word of the Lord. Amen. The devil tried to steal my peace. He tried to kill my joy, and he absolutely tried to destroy my mind. Okay, John 10.10 says this, and we shouldn't be surprised because this is what the thief does. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus says, I came that you may have life and have life abundantly. So if there's stealing and no good going on, you know where it's coming from. If there's life that's being produced, then you know where that's coming from. So when I was experiencing the panic attacks and anxiety, that was the devil at work in my life, okay? Trying to steal something from me. During that season of oppression, I learned a lot of things. And I've learned a lot since then. That was two years ago. I'm still learning. But I'm not at the same road mark that I was at two years ago, okay? I have learned. Thank you, Jesus. One of the things I learned is this. When sudden trauma happens in a person's life, that car accident was sudden trauma for me. It can open the door. It has the possibility to open the door for oppression to come in. Okay? So guard against that. When panic attacks came, I waited four weeks to get still before the Lord. Okay? Four weeks. That was a busy season for me. Look what the cost was. Yes, I did a lot of talking to the Lord. And I was saying everything that was right. I was speaking the word. But I never got still to ask the question, what is going on? The minute that I asked, immediately he provided me an answer. So I was doing what I knew to a degree. I know the importance of be still. But I wasn't incorporating that in my life because of my workload. That was a mistake. So I say to you with all goodness, from my heart, but I mean it with everything that's in me. If something's going on in your life that's not producing life, don't wait four weeks, don't wait four minutes. Get quiet. You can't afford not to be still before the Lord. This went on for four weeks because of a choice that I made. Learn from my mistake. One of the things um, also that I learned was Whenever the car accident happened, I did go to the house. I knew to pray over my body, but I didn't pray over my mind. Okay? That was a mistake. Okay? So whenever a sudden trauma, should a sudden trauma happen in your life, and I pray it doesn't, or if you're ministering to someone or you have a friend that has a sudden trauma in their life, don't just pray for that body. You cover that mind as well. I didn't learn from my mistake. I hit it now. You can believe that. I hit this mind on the regular with the Word of God. It got me once, won't get me twice. 
The other thing that I did the day of the accident um, was I reached out to Wise Counsel, okay? Once I, the Lord revealed what um, the panic attacks were, and um, I did that, I prayed the psalm. As soon as I got done praying that psalm, this is another piece of the testimony I need to share. As soon as I finished praying Psalm 91 over myself, and, I, and it was not in soft and peaceful like what I gave you. I was in a battle. I was in a battle for my mind. I was in a battle for my peace. I was in a, the devil was trying to destroy me, and I wasn't having it. I don't know how you are in your world, but when the devil punches me, I punch back. And it's not playtime. It's time to TCB. You take care of business. And so that's what I was doing that morning. Once he revealed that anxiety was what was going on and I didn't have a physical thing going on in my heart, it's time to take care of business. So that's exactly what I did. I did what I knew. So I used the word, and then I laid hands on myself. I'm a widow. I live by myself. So I laid hands by myself, and I said in a very commanding voice, Anxiety, leave in the name of Jesus. Immediately, I mean immediately, there was a lifting off of my shoulders. It was an immediate. Okay, I put the word and my faith to work. And I got set free from anxiety. I got set free from panic attacks. Haven't had any since. Praise God, that was two years ago. Okay? What the word does with your faith works. It works. Okay, so another thing that I learned was I reached out to wise counsel. Okay? I have several spiritual moms. Thank goodness I have more than one. It's such a gift. But I called one of my spiritual moms and said, Okay, guess what happened to me today? And I filled her in on what had happened from the car accident to the deliverance and, you know, what had been going on with the anxiety. And we prayed. She lives in Oklahoma, so we prayed some on the phone. And then Psalm 23 came up in her spirit. And she said, you need to read Psalm 23. And I said, okay, I will do that. This is my wise counsel. What I learned about Psalm 23, which everyone knows, the Lord is my shepherd. Everyone knows that psalm. But what I learned from that psalm on that day is it's also a psalm of deliverance. It will also get you set free from things that have got a hold of you that got no business having a hold on you. So Psalm 23 is a psalm of deliverance. So I'm going to read that over you tonight as well. And again... You can go along with me, but I encourage you to close your eyes and receive that word of the Lord. And I'm going to make this personal to you. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. He makes you lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside still waters. He restores your soul. Hallelujah. He leads you in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though you walk through, not camping out, you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil, for your God is with you. The Lord's rod and the Lord's staff, they comfort you. He prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. He anoints your head with oil, and your cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Receive the word of the Lord. 
in the name of Jesus. My spiritual mom had me read that psalm. We were on a conference call, and every time I call her, I have my Bible and pen and paper because, again, this is my wise counsel, and she always has something wise to pass on. So I read that psalm multiple times, and each time I read that psalm, and I'm talking about reading it out loud, not reading it in your mind. When you read the Word of God, read it out loud. Read it out loud. Release that Word. Engage more than engage your senses. Release that spoken word. It will not return void. So I read Psalm 23 multiple times. And by the time, third or fourth time I read it, I was yelling that psalm. It was freedom. Freedom came. And I live by myself, okay? You don't have to have a 10-day fast in a committee meeting to get something done in the spirit. You don't have to do it. You can, but you don't have to. I didn't have that luxury. What I had been through the past three or four weeks was a nightmare. It was absolutely awful. And so I said to her, and I also said it to the Lord, all right, I'm in, coach. What do I need to do to keep this from happening again? You tell me, and I'm doing it. I do not want to live this life again. It was awful. Several days later, after I talked to my spiritual, the day of the accident, maybe, I don't know, five to seven days, I was walking through my house. And I started feeling that tightness in my chest. And then I knew what it was. The Lord had revealed to me. So I just stopped. I was coming out of my laundry room. And I just stopped where I was. And I put my hands on myself. And I just, and this was, the battle's over. I mean, it's done. I'm free. So now all I'm doing is enforcing what has happened. And so I just said, I closed my eyes and I took a breath. And I said, peace, be still tightness gone. Deal with that anxiety. I dealt with it. In the two years since the accident has happened, anxiety has tried to come again. It's knocked on my door, and I know what that looks like. No, sir, you're not coming on me. It has not come back, even though it's tried. What the Lord does works. It works. <laughs> when I was telling the Lord, it was kind of complaining, this is no fun, which, again, I'm the one that waited four weeks, not the Lord. And I, but that started me. Once I got delivered from anxiety and torment, that's what panic attacks are. It's a form of torment. I'm speaking from experience. I said, what do I need to do? You tell me, and I'll do it. And I'm in. That's whenever the process of renewing your mind to the Word of God came before my face. I had heard that before multiple times in church. This church talks about it often. But it was real to me in a different kind of way. And so that began my quest of renewing my mind to the Word of God. What is renewing your mind? That's the first thing. As I started this process, okay, I'm in. I'm supposed to do this. What is it? I need to know what this is so I can do it. This is what renewing your mind is. It's a simple thing, okay? Renewing your mind is exchanging your natural way of thinking for God's way of thinking. It's that simple. Renewing your mind is exchanging your way, natural way of thinking, for God's way of thinking. And I needed that. God doesn't have panic attacks. So what he's got, I need. So then, I, I don't know how your relationship is with the Lord, but I ask a lot of questions of the Lord. 
And because um, I'm, I'm a private investigator, I like to know. And so I asked the question, what does the wisdom of God provide? Like if I'm going to renew my mind to the, to the word, godly wisdom, what does it provide? And everybody in here can give an answer, but I want specifics. That led me to Proverbs 4, 6, and 8. This is the specifics of renewing your mind to the Word of God, what it provides, what it does, what the wisdom of God will give you. Forsake not wisdom, and she will keep you, she will defend you, she will protect you, love her, and she will guard you. I like all that. I like all that. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, wisdom, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. <laughs> so that's what wisdom, when I ask the question, what will wisdom provide? This is what wisdom will provide when you renew your mind, and this is a daily event. This isn't a one and done, okay? Renewing your mind is a lifestyle, it's not like whenever I got done with renewing my mind after I got delivered from anxiety, I hit it hard for months, okay? Two years later, I'm still renewing my mind. This is a lifestyle of the believer. This is what renewing the mind gets you. You're kept by the Lord. You're defended by the Lord. You're protected by the Lord. And you're guarded by the Lord. Anybody want some of that? Every day. Every minute of every day. <laughs> so I started the process of renewing my mind, and my motto was, I must decrease, he must increase. I must decrease, he must increase. I must decrease, he must increase. I said that all the time to remind myself the proper order of things. Renewing your mind does take work. Man, the reward is great. I must decrease. He must increase. You too. Y'all too. That's the proper order of things. Now what did renewing the mind, I'm a very practical type person. So when somebody tells me to do something, I, again, I ask the question. I need to know, and I like to know, what does that look like? So if I'm going to renew my mind to the Word of God, you need an action plan. Okay? Your faith requires action. So when I renew my mind to the Word of God, what does that look like? What does that look like? So I'm going to share with you tonight what it looked like for me. It's not the only way that you can renew your mind, but it's what I did. So if you want to take some of it, take it. If you've got your own action plan, praise, praise God, do it. Okay? The first thing I did when I started renewing my mind on the regular, I had renewed my mind previously, but we're talking about all day, every day. Okay, that's what renewing the mind required. Again, this was no fun. How do I not have this again? That was the motivation. You love the Lord, but let's be honest. That was horrible, torment. How do you not do this? Okay, I had total submersion into the Word of God. No TV, no social media, like cut it out, none. The only thing that I allowed was allowed, and I asked the Lord, and he said, if I need to watch a teaching tape, on the TV. If I need to watch a teaching show on the TV, I could do that. But it was no entertainment. There's no entertainment. There's no entertainment. No social media, none of that. It was total submersion. 
I got up extremely early, even earlier than normal. And for those of you that know me, I'm at my desk at 6.45 every morning. I would get up in time to have an hour to an hour and a half of word time before I walked out the door. Okay? Hungry. Hungry for the Word of God. And it is a privilege and a joy to renew your mind. That's what the Word does. Yes, it keeps you and protects you, but it also blesses you. It blesses you and it makes you hungry for more. I have these scripture cards that I got, okay? I'm a visual person, a visual learner. So when I would have my devotional book in the morning and I was going through that, there was a scripture in there and this has been going on in my life for years. I'm sure it happens to y'all as well. I know it does. I've talked to many of you. You're reading your, your devotionals in the morning. You're having your quiet time and something in the Word of God will leap off the page and go, what how? And that's it for the day. That's your anchor for the day. That's what the Lord wants you to meditate on that day. Okay, so when I would experience that, I would. these are just note cards held together by a binder. So I would write that, whatever that anchor verse was for the day, on my note card, okay? Then I would take this note card to work because God did not say to me, okay, small business owner, stay at the house in a little cocoon and just hang out with me for a couple of months. That didn't happen. I still had responsibilities, okay, that I was responsible for. you got to take care of your business with your family, with your people, with your church, with the Lord. He was teaching me balance as well. So I would take my note cards to the office, and I would, as I would sit at my desk, my monitor here, my keyboard is here, I would set these right under my monitor, the anchor verse for the day. And as I was typing, I would look down at it, and I would read it. Like, I would keep this in front of my face. Whenever I'd go to the kitchen, walking down the hall, I mean, I kept the Word of God in front of my face, okay? That works for me. Now I do something else. I have, um, I still use this, but I bought um, something a little bit more portable. Again, I've been doing this for two years, so I've, I've gotten some established in me. Thank you, Jesus. I buy three-by-three posty notes, orange, lime green, vibrant vibrant colors so whatever that verse is for the day I write it on that okay I don't carry a purse I travel light and so I put that note card in my pocket my sticky note in my pocket and I don't know why I can't explain it but multiple times during the day this hand ends up in this pocket quite often and I feel that paper in there and that reminds me and if I need to take it out I take it out and read it but I ha that's an action plan. Renewing your mind doesn't just happen. You've got to get busy putting some things in your daily life that's going to keep that Word of God in front of you. That works for me. I also turned a lot of the scriptures that I was meditating on into declarations. Okay, If you've got a scripture that's this long, that's hard to put on a post note in your pocket. And so I would... Do that. Let me, exp let me give you an example of one. Ephesians chapter 3, 6. He, this was one of my anchor verses, and I still use this today. I love this verse. He gives me power to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit in my inner man, my thoughts, my will, my emotions. So I turn that scripture into a, de into a declaration. And so when I'm walking down the hall at the office, when I'm sitting on the back pew at church, 
this declaration, Father, I thank you. Holy Spirit, I'm so thankful that you're renewing me and strengthening me in my inner man. Holy Spirit, I'm thankful that you're strengthening me in my inner man. I'm thankful that you're strengthening me in my inner man. Whatever scripture's jumping out to you, God, God knows what you need. He'll give it to you. He's good like that. So whatever that scripture is, turn it into a declaration and then say it out loud. Now when I burn up the interstate, peace, not anxiety, and I'm giving my scriptures, I'm saying them, Father, I thank you that you're with me. You never leave me, never forsake me. That's what renewing the mind will do. So what flows out of your mouth is life because life is what you've been putting in and what you put in is what comes out. During that time of me renewing my mind, yes, there was worship. I spent time in worship. Yes, there was prayer. Of course there was. Yes, there was time taking Holy Communion, the meal that heals. But above all that, there was that word time. That was at the front of the line. That's where my anchor was, and that's where I put my focus. That is how I learned to meditate on the word morning, noon, and night. And I have a pretty full life. I don't sit in one spot very long. But God taught me how to do this, and it works. And so I learned during that season of renewing my mind, work the word because the word works. Work the word because the word works. And when I need to give myself a talking to, that's what I say. You probably don't have to do that. But whenever I have to give myself a talking to, that's what I say. And that points me back to my anchor, the holy word, the wisdom of God. So let's say you are renewing your mind consistently. You've got your game plan, the Lord's giving it to you, and you're executing, and things, you're just rocking along, and you've got all these scriptures going, and everything's fantastic. But then a, a doubtful thought comes. What do you do? It's a shock. What are you doing here? I'm renewing my mind to the Word of God. What are you doing here? Well, quitting's not an option. That's the first step. Whenever you're renewing your mind in a doubt, first of all, don't be surprised. That's just the enemy trying to mess with you. Okay, remember? Steal, kill, and destroy. Steal a word out of you. If a word's stolen out of you, then that's, uh-uh. I don't think so. Uh-uh. Let me give you an example of what happened to me. I was renewing my mind. Peace of God came, you know, just enjoying, just enjoying the presence of the Lord. I was driving down the interstate, and I'm not a worrier. I never have been, still not today. Even when anxiety was coming on, it wasn't a worry thing. It just it wasn't. It was just a I can't breathe thing. And so I was driving down the interstate, and all of a sudden, you know, visiting with the Lord, a thought popped in my head that said, what if you hit that, drove off the, what if you drove off the road, hit that tree and died? <laughs> where did that come from? Well, we know where that came from, okay? So hear me say to you, not every thought that comes to you is from you. If a thought comes to you and it produces life, that's Jesus talking to you. You accept that. If a thought comes to you and it's crazy like that and it doesn't produce life, you reject that thought. Okay, and I'm serious, you reject it. Again, 
I am not a passive person. So when that thought came to me immediately, and I've learned this by renewing my mind, I talk to myself all day. You are too. Just decide what you're going to say. Okay? So when that thought came, you're going to drive off this road, hit a tree and die. I said, uh-uh. Thought, I reject you in the name of Jesus. I said that out loud. I say that all the time whenever those types of thoughts come. And then I followed it with the word. And that's what Jesus did in the Bible. It is written. Okay? So I reject you. I reject that thought in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you with long life you satisfy. And I followed it up with the word. Your peace is intact. You just hit a little speed bump, somebody trying to get in your way, and you deal with it. It's not, it's not a big thing. This is an easy thing. It's not to, I'm not promoting fear. This was a simple thing. This is a strategy of the devil to mess you up in your mind. And I'm looking you square in the eye and telling you, you don't have to put up with it at all. Second hmm. Corinthians 10, 4, and 5, this is our anchor verse, and we're going to put emphasis on 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down every argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Do y'all have five thoughts a day or do you have more than five thoughts a day? Uh, Thomas is back there counting. Okay, I, I, I'm busy. I have a lot of thoughts. And God says in here, take every thought, every single thought. Hmm, should that be overwhelming? No. Have you ever known God to give you, tell you to do something and not equip you to do it? No. That will go against who he is. So when God tells you to take every thought captive, he really does mean every thought captive. So, again, the private investigator in me kicked in and said, well, how do you do that? I think a lot. So how do you do that? Hmm? It's a good question. Well, I think it's a good question. How do you do that? How do you take every thought captive? You think on what you're thinking on. Process that statement for a minute. You think on what you're thinking on. When thoughts come, I mean, that one about hitting a tree was just totally, that was just wackadoodle crazy. I mean, that's ridiculous. No. Well, what about the subtle thoughts? Think on what you're thinking on. And if you miss it, speaking from experience, okay, Father, forgive me, I missed it. I receive your forgiveness and I forgive myself. And then you get back in the game of taking every thought captive. We all have the Holy Spirit inside of us. It's going to help us. So if the God says in his word, take every thought captive, that means it can be done. Absolutely. And that means there's a reason for it to be done. Health to your mind. Peace to your body. Mm. Don't the people around you benefit when you walk in peace? I know they do for me, and I know it's a problem when I'm not. And they're like, where's your peace? Okay? Take every thought captive. Philippians 4, 8, 
God doesn't just tell you to take every thought captive. He also tells you what to think on. He is that loving and that caring, which is what Philippians 4, 8, everybody knows it. Our thoughts should be focused on what is true, what is noble, what is just, what is pure, what is lovely, what is of good report. That's what we're supposed to think on. So I, I often, in this I'm better at this than I was. I still have learning to do, but I'm better than I was. Again, I'm not at the same mind marker that I was at two years ago, okay? There's been some progress that has been made. Again, renewing your mind, taking every thought captive is a lifestyle. God doesn't expect you to flip a switch, but he does expect you to put forth some effort, put your faith into it, put some action into it, and then he'll back you up. And if you miss it, okay, repent and get back on track. It's that simple of a thing. That simple. This isn't heavy. This isn't heavy. His yoke is light. Think on what you're thinking on. If a thought comes in and you're unsure, again, ask yourself, okay, is this producing life or is this making me want to snatch somebody bald-headed? Okay? And that determines what you need to keep it or open your mouth and reject it. And then back it up with the Word of God. Deal with it. Again, we're not waiting four weeks to deal with the problem anymore. We've learned. You've learned from me. I've learned from me. I told Lacey not too long ago, praise God he protects me from myself. <laughs> praise God he's been protecting me from myself my whole life. I'm so grateful for that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say something to you that when I heard it, it was profound. This was profound to me. Okay? You are not a servant to your thoughts. You are not a servant to your thoughts. You are not a servant to your emotions, your feelings. You are not a servant to your emotions and your feelings. You are not. The little feisty in me says it this way. They're not the boss of me. They're not. Your emotions and your thoughts, they're not the boss of you. The proper order of things and its divine order, spirit, soul, body, everything is filtered and submits to the spirit. The spirit is the wisdom of God. The Holy Spirit is the revealer. He revealed the word anxiety to me. He reveals things to you. So if your thoughts are first place, that's out of order. Again, just repent. Just repent. God will help you get things back on track. As you renew your mind, things that were out of order will come into order. It's just simply of getting in the Word, and then everything falls into place. Things that you thought, how am I going on? What's going on with that? God will take care of it. What I've learned is, is I will take care of His business. He takes care of mine. And His business is the Word of God in my life. And then everything else that was crooked, he just kind of straightens up. No different for you. Same thing. So again, give yourself a talking to if you have to. Thoughts, you're not the boss of me. I have said that in my life. I, again, I have to talk to myself. What are you saying? What are you saying? I read this and I, I agree. I'm going to read it directly to you. Even if the battle in your mind is great, and I've been there yesterday. 
and a little bit this morning. Speak what you believe in your heart. The Word of God is in your heart. And it will diminish, it will dominate and diminish the power of those thoughts in your mind. Okay? So things are going on in your mind and trying to tell you what to think, what to say, what to do. But speak out of your mouth the Word of God, the truth. And again, where it is crooked, He will make it straight. The power of those thoughts over you will diminish. They will diminish. They will decrease. Again, remember what I walked around saying? I must decrease. He must increase. I must decrease. He must increase. That's what this is saying. The Word of God will take care of it in a New York minute. Just keep, don't quit. I've said that to myself. Quitting is not an option. When your mind is being pounded with tormenting thoughts, you want to quit. Don't. Choose not to. Hard, yes. Impossible, nope. Not at all. The wisdom of God will keep, protect, defend, and guard. Again, I'll take that all day, every day. There's one more thing we need to talk about this evening. Whenever the Lord delivered me from the, that un, the panic attacks, that was an unclean spirit. Okay, oppression is an unclean spirit that was on me. Okay, and it was opened. It came on me. The door for that to come into my life was through that car accident. Okay, I didn't pray over my mind, and it opened the door for that to come in. Remember sudden trauma could possibly open the door. It did in my life. Laid hands on myself. That spirit lifted like a physical lift off of my body. During the two years since the accident, as I have stated earlier, anxiety will try to come back into my life. And I deal with it the minute that it does. I'll wait. But, okay, the, the PI in me says, why not? If the Lord delivered me, why? Why would this come back? How does this work? The answer is found. Why does, why does an unclean spirit, the question is this, why does an unclean spirit come back if it's been cast out? Why? I think that's an excellent question. Well, the answer is found in Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 through 45. Okay, verse 43, I'm going to read it and then we're going to talk about different portions of the scripture, okay? When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through dry places seeking rest, but finds none. Then the unclean it, the unclean spirit says, I will return to my house from which I came. The house is referring to a person, okay? All right. And when it comes, the unclean spirit, it finds, and when it comes to the house, it finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then the unclean spirit goes and brings with itself seven other spirits, more evil than itself. So its besties are no good either, okay? <laughs> and they enter and dwell there in that house. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. I would imagine so. 
You had one unclean spirit, and now you have eight. I imagine you are worse than you were. Okay? So what does all this mean? <coughs> this is a strategy of the devil. When I look down at my Bible, I see red letters. This is Jesus talking. Is Jesus promoting unclean spirits and devils? Absolutely not. What he is is this is the wisdom of God revealing. Okay, here's something that could happen. He's equipping us. This is a strategy that the enemy uses to take out. Remember, what does the enemy do? Steal, kill, and destroy. That's right. So this is one of the things that brings on that stealing, killing, and destroying. So let me make you, this is what Jesus is saying, let me make you aware of it. So if it should happen, you know exactly what to do. Okay? So this isn't a fear thing. This is a, let me tell you what to do in case some crazy tries to come your way. <coughs> That's what this is. Okay? It is that simple of a thing. So no fear. None at all. It's a thank you, Jesus, for letting me know how to handle this if something were to happen. If an unclean spirit leaves a person and tries to come back, it's not, let me tell you what it's not. It's not a sign that the word is not working. The word is working, okay? It's not a sign that your faith is not working. Your faith is working, okay? What is it then? It's a sign of how the devil works. This is his MO, his method of operation. That's all this is. You're not doing anything wrong when you're renewing your mind to the Word of God. You're not doing anything wrong when you're putting your faith to work. You're not doing anything wrong. So when opposition comes, you're not doing anything wrong. So don't think that. This is why God is saying, this is a strategy. Be prepared. I will say this. The same faith... <laughs> that got that unclean spirit off of me, that oppression, it's the exact same faith that keeps him at bay when he comes knocking on my door. It's the exact same thing. And it's an easy thing now when it comes. Now, sometimes he's persistent for a few days, but it's, mm-mm, I haven't had a panic attack in two years. I'm not going to because the Lord has taught me how to deal with it. Stress, yeah, deal with that too. Absolutely. All right, verse 44. Let's talk about what all of this means in this verse. Verse 44 says, Then it, the unclean spirit, says, I will return to my house from which I came. And again, the house here is symbolic of a person. Okay? That's what unclean spirit was attached to me. People. That's what the house is here. When the unclean spirit came to the house, it found it empty, swept, and put in order. What's the problem? What problem is revealed in this verse? The problem is that the house was empty. Okay? That's the problem. Yeah, the spirit got cast out, but it's going to come back. Jesus, red letters. This is Jesus talking. Don't be caught off guard. It's okay if he comes back. You dealt with it the first time, you deal with it again. And now you got some experience under your belt. Okay? What is the house empty of? What does that mean when a house is empty? Empty of the word? Huh? Empty of the wisdom of God? Empty of the revelation of God? 
empty of resistance, empty of faith. You pick your empty, it's empty, okay? So what does that mean? Being full of the wisdom of God is the safe place. Being empty is not safe. Being full is the safe place. Think of a squatter. Think about what we got going on in our country, okay? You got squatters that are walking through neighborhoods that don't have a home, and they're looking for a place to live, okay? A squatter can't go into a house and live if the house is full. If people occupy that, a squatter cannot come in. Can't. But if the house is empty, if a house is empty, mm, wrong things can enter in, set up camp, and dwell. Being full is a safe place. Being empty is not. When wrong things move into the house, it can affect many areas of your life. It can affect your marriage. It can affect your health, your finances. Again, let me reiterate and say this again. Being full is the safe place. This isn't fear. This is wisdom. And it's not hard to get full. So this isn't a panic for you to have. If for some reason you think, God, I'm not as full as the word of God says I need to be. Okay. All right. Been there, done that. Whenever I'm behind the curve and something's in front of me, let me tell you exactly what I do. Lord, I'm behind the curve and I need help. Can you catch me up? And you know what he says to me every single time? Happy to help. <laughs> Isn't he? Happy to help. He doesn't love me more than he loves you. He loves us the same. So if you're behind the curve, it's not a panic. It's an awareness. Oh, you know what? I need to maybe change some things. Maybe not binge TV. Binge Jesus. Binge Jesus. And if you're behind, okay. Get in the Word. Get your action plan and start working the Word because the Word works. Fullness is a, is a place of safety. I'll say this again. I've said it before tonight. I'm going to reiterate. Just because opposition comes to your door, it does not mean that it has the right to gain entrance. It does not. Opposition probably will come to your door. The Word talks about it. We have things that happen in our life. Tests and trials. That's what that anxiety was. That was a test and a trial. In the car wreck, <laughs> that was a test and a trial. Just because opposition knocks on your door, you do not have to let it in. Let me tell you what happened to me. I'm a widow, live by myself, and my big old dog. And it was about 8 30, 9 o'clock at night, and my doorbell rang, which most people know I go to bed at 8 30 because I'm getting up quite early. And I thought, how in the world? I open the wood door. I have an iron door, it was still locked. Okay, so I open the wood door, turn on the porch light, and there's a man that I've never seen before standing on my porch. It was a young man, you know, 25 to 30. I don't know you. And I said, Yes, sir not opening that door and he says I need to talk to you and I said I'm listening I'm not opening that door okay wisdom 
uh-uh, I don't know who you are. Okay, it turns out that he was harmless to me. My mailbox was another thing. He was texting and killed my mailbox, and he was kind enough to come up on the porch and tell me, hey, I just killed your mailbox. Sorry. <laughs> but that's wisdom. That's what the wisdom of God will defend, keep you, protect you, guard you. He knocked on my door. I didn't know who he was. Like, who are you? What do you want? Okay, what are you about? And it turned out he was a super nice guy. But when a proposition knocks on your door, don't open. You deal with it immediately. Immediately. Forsake not wisdom, and she will keep you, defend you, protect you, and guard you. That's a beautiful thing. Fullness is a place of safety. Hallelujah. Now you may be, I touched on this a minute ago, you may be in a place where you are saying to yourself in your mind, I'm in a critical situation. I'm experiencing some things in my life that are not producing life. And it needs to stop. But I've not been renewing my mind. It's okay. I've been there. Been there, done that. Got the t-shirt, the coffee cup, and the flip-flops, okay? All of the above. It's not too late. The Lord will catch you up, and it will bless you. It's not a hardship to renew your mind. It is a blessing to get into the Word of God. It is a blessing. So get your plan and work it. Work the plan. Work the Word because the Word works. We're going to enter into a time of ministry. And what I'd like to do is this. There's a hymn. I grew up on the hymns. My dad was a preacher, so I grew up in church. And we just sang those hymns, and I absolutely love them. It is well with my soul. And I put a, the words and the story behind that in your handout. So when you go home tonight, read it. Oh, one more tip. This just came to me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is another action item that I do in renewing my mind. When I'm in bed at night, and then we'll get back to ministry. When I'm in my bed at night, okay, and it's time to go to sleep, I always have the Word beside me, or I have a devotional that has the Word. The last thing I look at before I close my eyes is the Word of God. I want that in me, and I say it out loud. So let the last thing that you see before you close your eyes at night be the Word of God. The Lord will watch over you while you sleep. He's doing that anyway. Whenever you're sleeping, your spirit is not. That body needs some sleep after the day that you've put in, so you lay down and rest. But continue to feed that spirit in the night. Let the last thing you see before you close your eyes at night to go to bed is the Word of God. Okay? Now we're going to get into a time of ministry. And um, Melissa and Thomas are going to lead us, you know, worship in this hymn, It Is Well. Now, you may have some troubles in your mind. You may have some things going on in your mind and your body that got no business going on, okay? Tonight's your night. Tonight's your night to get set free. I had to make a choice that morning, okay? I did have a choice to make. You have a choice tonight. 
So while they're worshiping, while they're leading us in this song, it is well. This is kind of what I, I would like to do. If you want prayer, come up here. And we will pray for you. There are several of us that are going to pray. If for some reason you don't want to come up here, but you want somebody to pray for you, just give me a... Okay? Just give me a... Make eye contact with me. Grab a hold of me. And I'll come to you and pray for you. Not everybody wants to come up front. Or there's a third way that you can do this to get set free. You take those scriptures that, I, that are in your hands and you pray them over yourself. You make them personal. Lay hands on yourself. This is your time. The men are at the house. This is your time. Your time to get set free. Your time to get renewed. Your time to be restored. So you take those scriptures and you speak over yourself. And then whenever you're finished with your scripture, you command anxiety, depression, panic attack, oppression, whatever, it's, whatever it is, you command it to leave, and it'll go. It'll absolutely go in the name of Jesus. One source, multiple ways healing can come. Jesus is the source. Jesus is the healer. Amen. Does anybody have any questions? Understand what we're going to do now. Okay. All right. You can stay seated, and they're going to lead in worship. When peace like a river attendeth my soul, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul, it is well. With my soul, with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance. Oh 